welcome to the Creating Us podcast, hosted by the Office of Leader and Culture Development. I'm Jason. And I'm Shelby. And we're excited to be with you as we go on a journey across the Texas Tech University system. All right, here we go. Shelby, how are you today? I am doing great. Um, You know, I got some Starbucks, so I'm, you know, kicking into gear. What about you? Well, you know, and anytime we have rain and, you know, we don't get a lot of rain, but it's, yeah. we're kind of in this phase now of getting it. Yeah. I mean, even with the coffee this morning, I'm like, man, I just having a hard time waking up, but yeah, it doesn't help that it's like dark until eight o'clock. Yeah, exactly. But don't we have daylight <laughs> savings coming up? I think it's within the next couple of weeks, I think. Yeah. And we're fall forward, right? Yes. Spring back, fall forward. Yes. Where we get an extra hour of sleep. No? We fall Spring back forward and fall back. <laughs> what did I well, say? I just know we get an extra hour of sleep. <laughs> oh, we do. Okay. All right. Well, how about this? Instead of spending the time trying to understand what I just said, well, let's just go with that. We get an extra hour of sleep and that's, that's yeah. valuable. So well. anyways, what are we doing today, Shelby? We have Kyle Johnson, who is the executive director of the TTU HSC simulation program. So, hi, Kyle. How are you? I'm doing well. How are y'all? Doing pretty good. Uh, thank you for helping us out earlier. Yeah, thank you with for that. asking me. <laughs> thank you for asking me to be here. Yeah, Jason's still, still thinking about it. I'm still thinking about, wait, what did I say? Did I say fall forward? Yeah, but it's fall back, spring forward, fall yeah. back. Okay, yep. I can move on from that now. So, <laughs> anyways, it's not about me, Kyle. Let's make this about you. Tell yeah. us about you. So, yeah, um, as of October 1st of this year, I stepped into the role of the executive director of the Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center simulation program. Uh, so, my background with Texas Tech, I have uh, been with Texas Tech since uh, since with the Health Sciences Center since 2012. I came on as a faculty associate, started writing simulations for the School of Nursing, uh, and then stepped into a full faculty role. Uh, was running uh, clinical and simulation within the curriculum, then went on to get my PhD, uh, where my research area of interest was in simulation pedagogy. And that kind of led me into this passion about the pedagogy of simulation. Um, So I have been with the School of Nursing now as a faculty member for 10 years. And then as of uh, as of October 1st, stepped into this role, which now is a new opportunity to work with all of our sites. We have six simulation centers, uh, Amarillo, Abilene, Lubbock, um, Odessa uh, and Midland. and also Dallas and Mansfield. So it actually makes seven. Um, sometimes we lump Dallas and Mansfield together and, and Midland and Odessa, but we actually have simulation centers in each of those places. Uh, and the teams that are in those locations, uh, I get a chance to work with them, work with them and what they want to do within their community and the learners that they serve. So at each of those sites, we also have multiple disciplines that are present, whether it be school of nursing, medicine, health professions, uh, you know, all across the six schools that we have and community partners as well. And so it's an exciting opportunity to, to get to step into a role like this and lead a really cool team. Yeah. So the, Go ahead, the simulation labs, those are where you have like the dummy or whatever that you can practice on. 
Yes. So, okay. uh, so the, we have all kinds of different mannequins that, um, they can blink, they can, their pupils dilate, they have heart sounds, lung sounds. Uh, and those are, those are the, those are the mannequins. We also have haptic devices to help, um, physicians train on, you know, train how to perform certain events like a bronchoscopy or a colonoscopy. So there's certain things that are just simulators that help them, uh, help them refine their training. Mm -hmm. But then in certain scenarios, we are putting them into a room with a mannequin who uh, talks to them, um, tells them what's going on. Uh, and the whole purpose is either team dynamics, team collaboration, decision making in, in either a stable patient or a crisis patient um, situation. Uh, simulation kind of thrives on teaching people how to work in teams. Uh, the other thing that we do is we actually hire people to portray the role. So they're called simulated participants, simulated patients, standardized patients. All three of those terms are kind of synonymous, but we actually have people who are hired and given a script to portray the role where communication with patients is a key objective. Uh, and so they're put into a situation with a real person, uh, knowing that it's kind of a safe, not kind of, knowing that it is a safe environment, the patient isn't going to die or nothing horrible is going to happen. Um, but they are given a chance to um, interact with someone and get feedback from that person as to how they kind of made them feel being seen by a nurse or a physician or a physical therapist, um, whoever it might be. Wow. I did not realize they were that advanced. <laughs> yes. So yeah, the um, simulated patients, that role is really coming to the forefront where, um, you know, people with masters in fine arts are finding themselves in simulated patient director roles um, because of the level of acting and scripting. There's a whole technique called moulage. We have people at our simulation program who are skilled in making people look as though they have had a stroke, have a wound, have a burn. And it, I mean, it's pretty realistic looking the skill that they, I do not have that skill. There are some strong team members that do. Um, it's a whole art. Uh, there's, so there's a whole art side to this that really lets people um, portray as real of a patient case as they can uh, to help uh, healthcare professionals train. Wow. Well, um, you know, going into a new role, I'm sure it's a little intimidating, but what um, are some of those people that have made an impact on your life or your leader role? That's a loaded question because I could go back to a number of people and that, that could stem from, you know, my mother and my grandmother who really had a strong impact on me pursuing the nursing career, the nursing field. Um, and I would say that the people that also come to mind throughout my life have been teachers, uh, the way teachers led a classroom, the way teachers made me feel. I think a lot of those are things that number one, led me into teaching, um, but also begin to really enable these, these uh, qualities that I would want to demonstrate in terms of how teachers made me feel when things were difficult. Um, I would have to say, though, that more recently, there are two people that I would say have made a huge impact on my life. One would be my the leadership that I just came that I just left from I haven't left, left technically but moved one floor down um, but within the school of nursing I had a leader um, over time her name's Amanda Vsart who really um, modeled for me what it would 
what it's like to be able to make a phone call, have a difficult conversation or brainstorm together and have this genuine space where we, we trusted each other's feedback. Um, I also knew that if the direction, I felt like over time, I knew that if the team decided to go a different direction that I'd felt heard that my, my perspective was considered, uh, even, and, and so there was just that level of trust among our team that I really felt was modeled well. Um, I always knew that I could call and say, Hey, I don't know what you're going to think about this, but I, I'm something's, something's bothering me about what we're doing here or something's that, and she'd say, what is it? And we would talk about that. And and really how to, how to take next steps forward or, or um, there was just a dynamic that was really present. And I feel like a lot of members on our team um, had that shared mentality that we could really get together in a space and discuss difficult things, discuss hard things, um, but all leave feeling like we were heard. That, that is um, one person over the last few years of my life, especially as I get ready to step into a role like this where felt like it's something I would want to model moving forward. <clears throat> the other would be my wife. Um, she really just sees me for who I am. And, you know, her phrase as, as my milestones like have kind of happened has been always impressed, never surprised. Like she continues to tell me that. Um, and so it's always been like, she has seen something in me that sometimes I probably would say I don't see within myself uh, or she really she really just draws that out in me and has this level of confidence um, in me uh, that just exhilarates me to carry forward some of my values. She, she always taught me to, or I wouldn't say always taught me, but over the last few years um, has really taught me to lean into my own discernment. Like where does my gut feel about something and to stand on that and mm -hmm. to speak up. And, and I would say that that really came from the leadership lessons of my wife that I see being handed down to my kids that I want to, you know, act in my own household, but also is something that I think can't be, you know, separated from the workplace, like um, feeling a place where your team members can come and talk to you about difficult things, but also leaning on your gut instincts to talk about and be vocal about those things. It's um, taught me a lot about transparency uh, in that process. And so those are the people I would say in a, in a brief time frame that, um, uh, have made a huge impact on, on my career and my life. One of the things that you had talked about, Kyle, in when you were going through this process um, for your current role, you had talked about the role of psychological safety and simulation. Mm -hmm. I, I'm hearing a lot of connections to that, but can you share your thoughts on the value of psychological safety and specifically how it shows itself in a simulation environment. Yeah, you know, um, psychological safety is probably one of the foundational things that beyond the mannequin, beyond the simulated participant that's in this in the scenario, beyond the technology that we have, and we have some really cool technology in our sim programs, psychological safety is really the foundational piece that that simulation desires to teach. And, and we know from all the literature, especially in healthcare, that when you have an environment that feels enabled to speak up about a concern, patient outcomes are better. Uh, it's very clearly demonstrated in the literature, but it's also something that 
that needs to exist within a team, um, in within a you know within a leadership team, within just a culture. Uh, this ability to feel as though you can speak up. So simulation has really spent the last, I'd say, ten to fifteen years trying to teach educators when you see something in a simulation that just goes wrong. For instance, I'll just give an example. When we see a nursing student make an error in simulation, what it teaches is to ask questions in such a way that enable genuine curiosity rather than this you know, mentality of, you learned this last semester, you learned this a few weeks ago, why did this not happen? It opens this idea that when learners come to simulation, or I would say when your team members come to work every day, that they're desiring to do their best. Um, there, there's something called the basic assumption that we say at the beginning of all of our simulations that say, we believe that everyone here at TTUHSC um, wants to do their best, is capable and desires to improve. I think I may be getting some of those backwards, but all those three things to say, that you have to believe that. It's not something you just say. And if you truly believe those things about your nursing student who just made an error, or about the physician who just may have went down the wrong path in an algorithm that led to you know, a detrimental patient outcome, or with your team members who are dealing with a very difficult situation at hand, when you believe at your core that everyone here wants to do their best, is capable, and wants to improve, that changes how you begin to question people. And simulation has spent quite a bit of its time trying to untangle how do you ask questions to people that open up the space for psychological safety? How do you not sugarcoat something when you really want to address something of concern, but also demonstrate genuine curiosity? And that is what I feel um, I find myself really passionate about because that that can land itself well when you're trying to teach a group of people how to encounter a patient situation, but can also serve itself very well when you're in a conference room and you're having to have a hard conversation about something. And so I, I see simulation pedagogy as something that kind of follows me and leads me in how I interact with humans in this world. Um, uh, and so that's what led me to be really passionate about it. And uh, and some of the experiences that I have had that helped me lead with a, you know, with a, a premise of psychological safety in every meeting that I'm in. So as a new leader, what advice would you give to other new leaders or people who are wanting to step into a leadership role? Well, um, being that I'm only a few weeks into this kind of a leadership role, the one that probably stands out is some advice that I received. And if it scares you, um, you should probably go ahead and do it. Uh, that really kind of resonated for me um, in this process uh, as I was considering putting my name in, in the hat. Uh, when it comes to, when it comes to, listening to people talk about the values that we desire to um, enact. I felt like there was this piece of me that saw the connection in the work that I've been doing, but also in how to lead people 
towards success, towards, you know, towards that culture of, um, of kind hearted one team approaches. Um, and so the, I think the advice that I would give to people is if it is the same, if it scares you, you should probably try and do it. Um, I also think even throughout the last couple of months, when I was going through the process of this, uh, and especially in the last three weeks is there are certain things in myself that I know is, that are, that are just part of me that need to be worked on. Um, and some transparency around that is extremely helpful. I think with the people that have already surrounded me on that team is letting them know just kind of up front. this is an area I struggle in. This is an area I, you know, thrive in. I, I have felt like some transparency around that up front and honestly leading with the question of what do you think about that? Um, I don't know this content or I don't know this area as well as you do. Um, what are your thoughts on it and why? Some of those questioning behaviors, um, uh, and I will say why is probably not always the question to ask, but um, I think that, but at the same time, the strategies that I've been taught on how to ask a good question have really lent themselves well in these first few weeks to get people very passionate about what they feel like they know very well. I think often they're going to be looking to me to how to make those things happen, but it doesn't mean that I know that area as well as they do. So I think finding a balance between in that, and I'm very much trying to find that out. Uh, having the coaching to do that up front has been extremely helpful to simply ask questions. Um, that's probably the advice that I would give to a brand new leader is ask a lot of questions um, and ask for people's opinions. Um, ask for where their gut lands. Uh, that I can say that that has served my served me very well within the first three weeks is saying, where do you, where do your ethics land on this? You're giving me two situations about something I don't understand necessarily just yet. Where does your gut land and why on that? That really opened the door to that person saying, this is where I feel like we should go. Okay. Now then I have a chance to sit with that um, and see where it lands on my own ethics as well. So that, that has been helpful to lead with questions. Love it. Well, Jason, any last thoughts? You know, this it goes back to, um, you know, great, I don't want to say quote, cause I'm not going to get the words right, but Ken Blanchard had shared uh, this idea about leaders and one of the challenges that new leaders have is they go into it and they think everybody's going to believe that I know everything, right? That as, as a leader that I'm going to know all of this, but the reality is the team already knows you don't know everything, right? And so Kyle, to your point and what you brought up of um, being able to ask questions, be curious. I, I just think that's such great advice and so valuable so I, again, I have just enjoyed this conversation. So thank you for all the insights uh, that you've shared with us. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me on. And and I have a feeling over time, I'll have a lot more experience to lean on in this. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the the first little bit has been, um, has been truly eye-opening uh, and, and exciting. A lot of, a lot of energy. Um, but I often find myself in the middle of those meetings, probably think the thought, uh, the thought starts running. Oh my gosh, what do I say? What do what, they want me to answer this question? What are they looking for an answer from me? But 
in essence of psychological safety, everything has taught me to ask a really good question that you've put some thought into. And that typically opens the door to some really good synergy, I think, that winds up happening in, in that in that room. Um, and over time, we'll learn to work with each other on that. But it has been um, that that part has been truly fascinating to me in these first few weeks. Well, Kyle, I have just really enjoyed getting to hear more about your role. I mean, it is so interesting. I really had no idea the complexity of simulation labs. So that has been really nice to to see. I mean, I learn more and more about people and the health sciences centers after these interviews. And it is just amazing to me how complex it is. <laughs> but uh, I just want to thank you for coming on here. So for any comments or questions, email me at shelby.jolly at ttu.edu. Until next time, I'm Shelby. And I'm Jason. See you next time. Bye.